electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market watching and waiting here. Futures relatively flat as earnings roll in. Uh, Procter and UTX among the standouts, McDonald's and Hasbro with some disappointments. Big Brexit showdown today as the House of Commons votes and a 10-year right around 177. Our roadmap begins with a slew of corporate results. Four Dow components reporting, McDonald's, P&G, UTX, and Travelers. Shares of Biogen, take a look because we will. They are soaring. The drug maker set to seek regulatory approval for a treatment for Alzheimer's early next year. And UPS shares sinking ahead of the open despite a pretty nice e-commerce boost uh, to profit. CEO David Abney is going to join us later this hour. And the CEO Verizon as well will be here at Post 9 in a few minutes. We're going to have an interesting announcement. Another guest as well. But I guess it's a mystery, so we'll wait to solve it in a few minutes. Let's start with earnings and dive right in. A tale of two Dow components. P&G up in the pre-market. Quarterly beat helped by strong demand for its premium beauty brands. And then there's McDonald's falling on an earnings miss as growth in U.S. comps came in below forecasts. Uh, U.S. on McDonald's uh, 4.8, looking for 5.2. J.P. Morgan told us on October 1st that the quarter was going to run a little light. Yeah, look, I'm so good you mentioned that because a lot of people are saying, wow, this is a big surprise and a negative surprise. But if you listen to what J.P. Morgan said, then you would have been ready for exactly this number, which basically, basically to me says not as bad as feared. Global number 5.9 percent. Uh, that's a number that is just extraordinary. I've seen the stock down eight. It's now down six. Look, what can I say? If you read the release, you would think that there's absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, and I don't think the release is, is far off the mark. I mean, we've come to expect things from McDonald's that are just not possible. He's not Hercules. Uh, this is a very good number. And if people think that it's a big downside surprise, well, just go read what J.P. Morgan said. Didn't they change the bar? They lowered the bar. These guys hit the lower bar, and suddenly we think that Easterbrook didn't do a good job. I still like Wendy's because Wendy's has, uh, they announced that breakfast, and they had that big analyst meeting last Friday. It was very good, but Easterbrook didn't screw up, for heaven's sake. This is fine. It's a fine number. I'm okay with it. Forex uh, takes about three cents off EPS. Um, uh, and by the way, uh, stock year on year is three times the S&P. I mean, it's 20-some-odd percent gain uh, over, look, over 12 months. It's a good buy. Now, you know, the charters were telling me, Jim, it's rolling over, it's rolling over, it's rolling over. Well, you know what? Every company has been rolling Apple was the biggest rollover in the world at 210. I like, in light of what I got, in light of what I heard from J.P. Morgan, this is a good number. And I think that if you ever, I'm trying to figure out when, I, when you ever got 5.9 globally. I mean, pro, the two stars this morning are Procter yeah. and McDonald's, but one of them is, is dimming. Proctor was, I mean. Pro, well, maybe, Proctor's maybe. amazing. Yeah. Uh, organic revenue, seven. We were looking for four and a half. Uh, you got organic volume grooming. And Gillette was really the only uh, hard part. Healthcare up six. Fabric and home up six. Look, I, when I look at it, it's almost as if David Taylor stumbled on some sort of uh, fountain of youth. When you see uh, organic sales numbers for a beauty plus 10%, I mean, do people, people, people want to be ugly, David? And suddenly it's like, hey, I'm, I'm sick of being ugly. Let's go to buy Proctor stuff. I mean, that's 10%. David, this isn't practice. This is a game. Yeah. 10%. Yeah. Very impressive. Right? There's, yes. I don't hear a single ghost at Proctor. Do you hear any ghosts? No. Not one. They raised their guide uh, of organic sales from three to four to three to five, which also KMB does as well. Uh, people don't like KMB. What's that, crazy? I saw that. I said, KMB wasn't bad. 
What wasn't bad? Oh, oh it's good. Kimberly Clark. Oh, yes. I thought you were Kleenex. saying that, but you, sometimes you mumble a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You want mumble? I'll give you mumble. Hasbro. 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 Yeah, it wasn't good, was it? It was bad. But Biogen is pretty amazing. Hey, Biogen. I mean, it's just a drug, by the way. It, not only was it in nobody's numbers, but that was because they told you don't put it in your numbers. I, the FDA you, I mean, is very proactive. Not to take anything away from P&G and McDonald's, but yeah. this is the story of the morning. Oh, sorry. You're right. I, wait, I wasted time. No, no. We're talking about a potential drug here that could treat tens of millions of people. We talk all the time about aging populations the world over. If, in fact, you actually were really making progress on treating Alzheimer's, let's tell people what actually happened this morning. Because, yes, Biogen did report earnings. Right. But what was most important and why the stock is going to be up 82 bucks at right. least uh, is this phase three emerge study that they remember back in March when the stock dropped like a stone sure. from the 320s right. because of the, if they failed to reach a primary endpoint. Well, they say now the phase three emerge study met its primary endpoint, showing a significant reduction in clinical decline. Biogen believes the results from a subset of patients in the study who received sufficient exposure to high doses of the drug in question support the findings from Emerge. In other words, they experience significant benefits on measures of cognition and function, such as memory, orientation, and language. They say this decision, which they are now going to file right. a new drug application right. for with the FDA, is based on a larger data set from the phase three clinical studies that were discontinued right. in March of this year, following a futility analysis. The new larger data set, Jim, includes additional data that became available after the pre-specified futility analysis showed that the drug is pharmacologically and clinically active as determined by dose-dependent effects in reducing the amyloid in brains and reducing clinical decline. I've never this seen is a huge yeah, potential, I've never seen potential like advance. You know who's going to take this drug? Everybody. Everyone. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, conceivably. Everybody. You, you can make arguments. Now, when I read that, I said, I want to pay. Something that is going to actually retard the progression of, or in Give. fact, even prevent the progression of amazing. Alzheimer's. Give me that pill. You tell me how big this company is. Right, how about be, the right? biggest drug ever? It would be the biggest drug ever. Yes, it would. Well, as look, Biogen. By the way, I, yeah. long-term care. I mean, you think about all the different impacts. Long-term care. Think about that. Think Gee. about the cost for insurance no, because no. of this Think disease. about our lives. Yes. How about that? Thank Let's you. be really selfish. Yes. This was incredible. This is a drug that we all gave up on. We didn't think it worked. Right. Well, I've never seen anything know, like this. We know how hard this uh, this is to crack. You're not supposed to be able to. I mean, I remember a major CEO, of, a major drug CEO told me, never. 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 We'll never crack. Now, By the way, uh, you, Bespoke well, looks at, Yeah. Bespoke says uh, their earnings tracker of stocks above $200, no stock above 200 has ever gapped up 30% plus on earnings. That's going back to 01. No drug company's ever been told your drug's no good and then come back and say your drug's good. That's incredible. David, you're right. It's the story of the morning. Uh, it, yeah, it is. I, there's no doubt about that. We work I mean, is not the we story. Work, I think we work might be the story. I, no, well, no, no. This is the story. I, I mean, listen, in terms of, come on. If approved, it will become the first therapy to reduce clinical decline in Alzheimer's don't, disease. Don't, no the one's disputing. To show removing amyloid beta can lead to better clinical outcomes. No, no one's disputing. No offense to WeWork. It's a great story. I'm no. glad I broke it yesterday. Who, who, we're moving on. Wait, who's going to make more money, Biogen or Newman? For Biogen. A really? lot more, yeah. Okay. Fine. Biogen's going to make All a right. lot more money. All right, All right let's move on because we got some really interesting guests at the, okay. end of the desk who've, who've snuck on while I'm sitting here looking for my notes. Uh, we do have a busy morning at Post 9. Verizon CEO Hans Vestberg. It's a frequent uh, guest at this desk. Yeah. But here's another guy we don't see very often. Disney's head of direct-to-consumer. Kevin Mayer joins us as well. It's unbelievable. How'd you get these guys? You know, <laughs> you pick up the phone and good things happen. I saw a couple guys down there. I said, I think I know those guys. What are they? Can we get them? Um, now they're here. They're right here. Guys, thanks for being here today. Um, you've got some news. We're going to break it right now in terms of Disney Plus, of course, which, Kevin, you oversee at Disney. November 12th is the rollout date. A lot of people may have already seen the advertisements right. that are starting to play very so. frequently. Uh, and Hans, as well, you are partnering with them uh, to provide your wireless customers, your unlimited, your Fios customers as well, with Disney+. Plus. Tell us about the deal. As I can start, you know, I mean, we are, of course, extremely excited to partner with Disney. Uh, we're going to offer to our customers, both the wireless customer, the Fios customers, the 5G home customers, basically exclusive 
uh, with Disney Plus. Uh, we will bring that uh, one year for free, and, and of course, this is part of our strategy, and we are extremely happy to partner with Disney with that super content they have and this extremely exciting Disney Plus they are coming out with. Kevin, why are you? Why is Disney doing this deal? Uh, well, and we should make it clear, it's going to be free for a year yes. to unlimited wireless customers at Verizon, correct? Like, correct. That's amazing. Okay. Why are you doing that? Well, look, we like to partner with some of the, with the top brands in industry. And Verizon, obviously, is at the top of the game with wireless. And we think we'd like to offer their customers the opportunity to, to look at Disney Plus and, and experience it. And we think it's just a great channel. We have other direct-to-consumer channels. We have partners, partnerships with Microsoft for Xbox, with Google for Chromecast and Android devices and Roku and others. But this, we think this is a great wholesale partnership and we're very pleased to be in it. Uh, well, it would seem, there's so much focus on, of course, the rollout of Disney Plus, how many subscribers you're going to have, what metrics you're going to share with us. It would seem that right out of the box, this gives you a big subscriber, potential subscriber number. And we're talking about tens of millions of potential customers who at least I would think would want to sign up if it's going to be free for the first 12 months. I think it'll help. It'll certainly boost our, our numbers somewhat, but we also think it's really great for consumers. And it's a brand that we're really happy to be in partnership with, actually. Oh, and we see the same. We want to give our or consumer choices. Uh, this is one of the best uh, choices we can give them. Uh, on top of our network, we have a great network. We're building 4G and 5G, and of course our Fios network. So on top of that, giving our customers these opportunities is a great, great sort of consumer you know, experience. Hans, if I want to sign up for Disney Plus, though, starting November 12th, I'm going to spend about 84 bucks a year. I can maybe do less if I write in. There's it's 69.99 a year. 69 for, for the year. So are you, pay, you obviously, there's some compensation going to Disney as a result of this discount you're giving your customer base. I think we have a really good uh, commercial agreement with Disney and us. I think we yeah. both are happy with it. We, we think it yeah. both will boost the customers for Disney and for Verizon. And I think that's the most important for us, you know. I think, again, it's part of our strategy. I mean, I outlined our strategy a year ago where basically we have the best network, we have the best brand, and we have the distribution. We're going to work with the best brands. And, Disney's there. Are you going to spend uh, marketing dollars as well, supporting this yeah. and supporting yeah, Disney Plus? Of course. Plus? We're going to jointly, of course, market this to yeah. our customers and you. And we're going to market our customers too. It's a good win-win deal, I think, and it's been a very great process to work with. And, Verizon. and why Verizon, as opposed to perhaps another wireless provider and/or others out there who might well, be able? Hans, to... Hans, that's, here, that's himself, a, a easy question. <laughs> it's just you, Hans. It's, it's just you. Look, we think it's the it's it's a world-class network. It's a great brand. It's the kind of brand that we're proud to be associated with, and that's why we did it with Verizon. Yeah. Everyone's talking about the Twitter thread, right? That Disney Plus made all yeah. day long of all the content. It, it, it makes it feel like the. The tone is going to be about legacy content as opposed to new original content. What, 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 well, where should our heads be on that? Well, we have both, obviously. obviously. We have a large library, and we have, we're very proud of the content that we have that we're serving, that we've already produced and been, has been exposed to consumers over decades. But we have a lot of original content. We have more than 25 original series that were coming out in the first year, more than 10 movies and specials. And as we go forward in time, there's going to be a lot of originals that we, that we produce. We're going to produce. We're spending over a billion dollars in the first year and over two and a half billion dollars five years out, uh, as we announced in our investor day six months ago. We're spending a lot of money and we're creating great content. Is this going to be it? Are we going to see uh, more deals? T-Mobile, are we going to see ATT or is this exclusive? No, this is exclusive. Exclusive. You won't and, see another wireless deal. And, and why was it? I've got to tell you, there are very few things that are kept as, this was secret. I didn't know. I kept thinking, no, hey, listen, listen to me. We broke listen. the news here and now. Yeah, we want to break it here. You got a problem with that? This is no, 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 I just want to kind of mention that it's seminal. I mean, I was the big buzzed. Was, Disney was going to break down. It, I didn't think they had enough. It gives Disney, I would think, right out of the box, a, a potential audience and subscriber numbers that are going to be very strong. But, Kevin, you yes. know how many investors are very much focused on your early subscriber numbers, what you're going to be willing to share with the investing community in terms of your expectations. Can you give us a sense here? Well, periodically. We, we will share subscriber numbers for sure. And we announced in our investor day back in April that we intend by FY24, our fiscal year 24, to have 60 to 90 million subscribers, about a third domestic, about two thirds international. And we feel confident we'll hit that. And uh, over time, we will be releasing numbers. What have the early thing? Uh, can you give us a sense in terms of early? I'd, I've heard there was some in the Netherlands you guys have been we, offering. <laughs> it, I'm not sure exactly what I'm hearing, but four, and 450,000 people have signed well, up. Well, we're not announcing how many people have signed up in the Netherlands, but we have a, a trial launch there to test yes. the technology and test the product and see how consumers like to interact with it. We well, launched that September 12th. It's been up for about six weeks, and it's doing very well. 
we have a lot of uh, free trialists. They give us their credit card, and unless they cancel, they'll become paid subscribers on November 12th. But we'll unleash all the, uh, the original programming that, that we have. Over this couple of, well, not even six weeks or so, what, what anything, any takeaways in terms well, of Well, the big takeaways are uh, the consumers like it. We've got a lot of positive feedback. I think there's been some good press about it. It was a technical test. We wanted to see if there were any technical issues with the service and the app. And I'm glad to say nothing major appeared. So I think we're in good shape for the, the launch here. The, the Netherlands? Well, wow. Netherlands has a lot of broadband. There's a big over-the-top SVOD right. business there. And we have a lot of, un our content's not very encumbered in the Netherlands. So we right. could offer most of our library content. There. Hans, I mean, this is also for new Files customers. We yes. should make the point as well. Yeah. 5G. Five yeah. But it, it's as much to your existing base of customers. who are, No, it's also new customers, of course, right, joining us. But I guess my point is, how do you view it from a, it's a, it's a plus for those of us who are already Verizon Wireless right. Unlimited mm. customers, but at the same time you believe it's going to allow you to attract new customers. Definitely. I'm not, we, I think we learned a lot. We have the sort of an exclusive agreement on music with a big brand in Silicon right. Valley, and we learned a lot about how that is really resonating with our consumers. And I think this is just up in the alley, and now we actually can offer it also to the home people, uh, consumers, and the Fios. So I think it's big for us. You know, we, we have hundreds of millions of uh, subscribers on our wireless network that are going to get this offer. And again, for us, using our strength, but we're also doing other things from our partnership. I mean, dense populated areas like the theme parks, we'll talk about 5D together with Disney. Uh, we're actually having drone discussions as well, how we're going to use our drone technology at Verizon. So, what does that mean? You're having so drone we, we discussions? Have a, a company called Skyward doing drone, non-line or site drones. Yeah. We're discussing how that could be used on different movie sets, Not with Disney Plus, that's yeah. for uh, oh, okay. other parts different of Disney. Right. Yeah, right. different right. areas of Disney. So, so, yeah. so I just look right. in general that we think that Disney is a great company to partner with because we have very different assets. Yeah, I gotta tell you guys, I, I pay a lot of money for this uh, ESPN Plus. Mm -hmm. Am I going to wake up and find that if I subscribe with uh, ATTO and get ESPN Plus for free? I mean, this is, I pay. It's one of my bills that I get. I'd like well, to stop paying for that. That's not in our plan. Well, let's just, right now. Why don't we break some real news? There's no plans why to do it. Why, break why not put it in there? Yeah, 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 I guess we can talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could just own everyone if you give this to me free, right? I mean, right here? Can't you just well, approve that? <laughs> you have to talk to Iger first. Is I got to talk deal? to Iger first. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Well said. You get him? Um... Kevin, there's, uh, again, a great deal of focus on this from your investor base, given the importance of it for overall for Disney. Uh, there's also concern about how much money you're going to be spending. I, you know, there are opportunities for more partnerships similar to this, where you're going to get marketing dollars spent not by Disney itself? Well, there, there's a possibility of that. There's nothing in the works right now. Right. We feel pretty good about our own marketing efforts. As you know, with this, with, throughout the company, we have many, many millions of touch points with consumers. Yep. We're going to utilize all of them. And we're going to spend marketing dollars of our own, too. But we feel good. We think the awareness is pretty high. You know, we do benefit from the brands, Disney, Marvel, Pixar, uh, Star Wars, National Geographic. All those brands are prominently in that service, and we think we benefit from that, too. There's built-in brand equity. So we think our marketing efforts and our direct-to-consumer touch points are going to work really well. We should mention Netflix uh, pre-market just took a, a spill uh, yes. on our conversation. I wondered whether or not you think... Uh, some of the costs of tentpole series is getting excessive, or the cost to procure a showrunner, for example, is it it's getting stretched? Well, it's clearly getting more expensive, but I think you know talent like that has value. It's a scarce commodity, and uh, while the price, the cost has gone up, we think that we you know we can stay, stay in the game, make great product, do it at a reasonable price, and monetize it through the stretch consumer relationship. We, I think the, the business we're getting into has fundamentally good economics. Uh, although it is going to be diluted for some period of time. Yes, clearly. It is. And you, you haven't have, told twenty four is break even. We say, say it again. <laughs> FY24 will be break-even. Right. But, but this is still in keeping with, I don't remember, Bob said that 24 is the year we should be thinking about. This doesn't set it back to 25, right? No, no, not at all. That's why 24 is when we're, when we're breaking even, so it's all good. And how is ESPN Plus right now? What, what numbers yet? Well, we'll announce that at our earnings call. Um, so that's, how, that's when we announce these, these numbers. Uh, and it's trying. doing well. It's doing fine. Uh, and finally, on Netflix, which, as Carl mentioned, may be down a bit on this announcement, um, when is all your content going to be off of Netflix? Isn't that eventually well, going deal. to be the case? I mean, I know certain uh, deals have certain expirations. Yeah. But so eventually you want all that content to be on the Netflix. We do. Content. And we had our FY, our 2016 to 2018 movie slates were on Netflix. And that's a pay one and what's called a, a pay two deal. So it goes on for 18 months after it's been in theatrical and, uh, and uh, home video. 
and then it has a hiatus where it comes to our service. Right. And then some of those titles will go back in several years for a short period of time. And finally, Hans, uh, what are your expectations here for your customer base? How many people do you think are going to take this offer? No, I think we, we have good experience from when we did our uh, exclusive on music. Uh, uh, how we are materializing that together with our partner and again. We're only doing this with the best partner, with the best brands and the best content. And that's why I'm very optimistic. It's very transformative for us. It's part of the strategy we outlined in the beginning of the year. So to be honest, I'm really happy with it. I think this, I'm really satisfied with what we're doing right now. We'll be, we'll be watching closely. Gentlemen, thank you both for, uh, you. for joining us, for yeah. breaking the news right here. Yeah, we're breaking the news. <laughs> No, it's really uh, worth it's a good place to do it. Yeah. Do it again. We're Thank ready. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, Kevin Mayer, Hans Vesper. Thank Thanks. You. Still to come this morning, we'll get to UPS this morning. Uh, the earnings uh, announcing some dr new drone delivery agreements. We'll talk to David Abney in a first on CNBC interview. Take a look at the pre-market. We still got to get to Hog uh, and Pulte and good Under number. Armour and Hasbro and a bunch of others. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Futures have improved a bit as the earnings picture has solidified. Bunch of names out today from industrials to transports. We'll get to all of that. We'll get to Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell in seven minutes. All right, we got about uh, well, some five minutes before we get started with an opening bell. We'll stay seated. Given the time crunch, mad dash time, UTX reports. This is some Dow day. You got Procter doing much better. We just heard an amazing deal between Verizon and Disney. Congratulations on that. Sure, McDonald's missed the numbers, but let's talk about United Technologies. Uh, uh, here we go again, Greg Hayes. I mean, Greg Hayes is doing, he, made, he bought this acquisition at Collins uh, Aerospace. Yes. Aftermarket sales up 78%, up 20% organically. In amazing synergies. He knocks it out of the park there. Uh, aerospace is just so incredibly strong and will be as long as Boeing keeps making. Remember, in production still is the max. Uh, that will hurt them if the max goes offline. But, David, here's an odd one. Otis China. Yes. Incredibly strong. So, I mean, here you got a, a, a story that everyone's give up, up with China. And you have stronger numbers in China. Climate, too. Uh, remember, there's plenty of coming up, the merging with Raytheon. I think Raytheon's going to have some pretty good numbers later. I think that this defense juggernaut, that is United Technologies, defense and aerospace, Pratt Whitney and, uh, and Raytheon, is going to be amazing. You buy the stock. You just buy it. Right. And, oh, it is important to remind people. Why? Merge with Raytheon, and then this company gets split apart. Right. So Carrier and Otis go their separate ways. Right. right. And as you say, the but, main part of it, aerospace but remains. But here's is some operator. Yeah. And, and let's just point it out because, you know, I'm really into ESG these days. As, as some people think that your eyes glaze over. I'm no. not going to let them. No. 38,000 people put through college through a higher education. 38,000 paid by United Technologies. We think that business isn't the greatest source of a platform of change. Yep. Isn't that amazing? 38,000 people go through school because of Greg Hayes, because of United Technologies. Let's not forget that business isn't just rapacious capitalism. It can be good capitalism. Of course, the other proxy for China is Carrier, where orders were down 11. Now, Carrier was weak. Yeah. Carrier was weak for residential, too. Um, Carrier's a disappointment. I'm not going to... I can't hide that. I was surprised. Uh, but you know what? Uh, maybe the climate controls business was just, a, in the end, a, a security climate controls up 0.5% year over year. Disappointing. Uh, but not enough to make it so people say, I don't want to own this stock. Instead, they say, we're lights to the end of the tunnel. Raytheon, United Technologies, Aerospace is terrific. Uh, Pratt Whitney's amazing. Well, you mentioned Boeing, Jim. Uh, some headlines on Reuters now that they have completed a dry run of a certification test flight. Uh, FAA says um, still considerable work to do, uh, several more weeks before a key test flight. But if you can see a better path here to return to service, I mean, that's all anyone cares about. Yes, and I want to hear what Gary Kelly says at the end of the week, Southwest. I know that uh, a lot of the suppliers to Boeing are not as optimistic as Boeing has been. Uh, Boeing obviously is a, what I would say an influx story like I haven't seen in a long time. An influx, influx story. Influx. Well, I mean, each day you wake up and there's some sort of revelation. They uh, kept the dividend. 
<laughs> Maintain the dividend. They kept the dividend. They kept the dividend, and that does matter. And they, uh, if, if there weren't, look, it doesn't matter. You can't asterisk what's happening there. But we've still, we still await. There's a piece, a piece in the uh, Seattle papers saying that you shouldn't conflate what what was the text messages uh, with MCAS. They're not related. I want to give Boeing its due on that. I think that's important because the paper's been critical about Boeing, but. Look, uh, anything that makes this plane go in the air is going to be a gigantic spur to the U.S. economy. Right now, of course, let's put it this way. If they stop producing, the reverberations are just huge. So they're still producing them yes, each month. Talking, uh, I think Steenland yesterday told us 900 suppliers. I mean, just an enormous amount of feed. That's unbelievable. Product feed going into, obviously, now, something he, as complex Here's as something plane. that people might say, Jim, you're in the pocket of the administration. But it's amazing that the economy could be so strong with Boeing in, in, in flux and GM on strike. Yes, which today the journal says, uh, watch it, rank and file, might, might fall. We're going to have to wait on that Where's the opening bell? S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. The big board, it's Nordstrom, celebrating the opening of its New York City flagship this Thursday. Apparently, this thing is a monster. Uh, yeah, I, and a lot of people who have been to the men's are saying, you know what, they'll order you pizza while you're there, have a cocktail. Oh, a lot I, of people I, really I like it. by what has been the construction site, sometimes often on my way home, and it's uh, it's quite a thing. You know, I know it's people. the Central Park Tower, which is going to be the second so tallest he, building in New York City. It's interesting. He's walked by it. I know oh, people have actually gone, gone inside. I, look, <laughs> maybe walk men's store across the street. Right. Maybe yeah, no, walking by it is not as, as no. good. Maybe it's but a better test of being in it. the Nordstrom. Well, David, it's a great it, time it, to be building a department store, it, don't you think? <laughs> now, that, now, to members, to people who are watching, listening on podcasts, David's being facetious. David, whatever happened to that, if it, if that, that takeover bit? Go private. It didn't go anywhere at the time. It doesn't mean that there isn't still desire for well, the family what I'm wondering. to potentially pursue it. It's funny, yesterday we were talking to uh, Storch, remember, who comes on and joins us? Who? Uh, Ger- Gerald Storch. Remember oh, Toys Storch, yeah, yeah. Ran Hudson Bay, which yesterday oh, Toys got their go private sort of agreed, and he was right. making the point that sometimes it may be easier to try to make the changes you need to in private. I would add to that, though, do you really want to add l- debt? In this if your department store, no. And late Bruce Nordstrom was really the inspiration in our interview, and he was fantastic. We're going to talk to co-president Eric Nordstrom in the next hour. Oh, By the way, great. at NASDAQ, uh, Dirt Environmental Solutions, a technology-based interior construction company. You mentioned uh, toys. Jim Hasbro's down more than 15%. There's, there's, now, I do have uh, Brian Goldner there. Well, a lot of it is, is just a point blank. I'll just read it. Uh, look, uh, they said that the... However, as we communicate, the threatened enactment of tariffs, reduced revenues in the third quarter, increased expenses, delivered product to retail. We've all been waiting for some company that is just going to get head slammed by the tariff. Well, here we are. And uh, it's really impacting things. This was a big, massive top and bottom line miss uh, from the get-go. Pause buybacks because of the entertainment one deal. I have to hear more tonight when I listen to to Brian, but obviously this stock had had quite a run, and you, he did he did say, "Listen, we're getting out of China." But I, but when you're a toy maker, you can't get out of China fast enough right. because chi- well, toys are made in China. And even if you uh, front load some purchasing, bring it in early, right. you got to put it somewhere. So they're getting slammed on warehousing Boy, are costs. Are you ever right? There is just a lot to not like. Uh, before everybody throws it away, remember. You do have some brands. You have Power Rangers doing well, Play School, and I know one of David's uh, ones that he likes to play with more than anything, Mr. Potato Head. What about Mr. Potato Head? I said this was up big. Oh. I just said that. Nothing wrong with Mr. Potato Head. There you go. And so I'm not giving up on it, but I do want to hear tonight. Remember, there are things, uh, there were good numbers. Nerf, My Little Pony, Baby Alive, Play-Doh, but... uh, they were not good this quarter. No. I mean, they had all been real good. Play-Doh had been unbelievable. And Nerf had been great. My little play. So there's a reversion. Some of the games that have been, some of the toys uh, are not as hot. We got to find out more. That's why you got to watch Mad Money. That's a good one. I wish I knew more. Harley, the, the comments on the call now, business under pressure, uh, international markets continue to face substantial headwinds. Stock's still up 7%. They managed to really control costs. I got to hand it to them. I, I, it's funny, isn't it, that some companies, we like the cost control more than we like the revenue, the lack of revenue growth. Uh, Harley showing some... Uh, 
uh, prescience in cutting uh, employment. Uh, there are, boy, things are all over the map today. You know, you mentioned Pulte. I thought Pulte was going to be good. It's selling off. But housing stocks have been so strong. I was going to ask you whether you thought it was extended here. Yeah, they're extended. Yeah. They're Although extended. The, I saw the boost from first-time buyers, orders up 39 among first-time buyers. Uh, look, so your I, thesis I, about people finally they're, leaving their parents' basement is working out. The millennials uh, are fickle, but they're sick of their in-laws. I don't blame them one bit. I will, I, Well, let's just say it's, it's probably an advised strategy. I'll tell you what's incredible. David talked about the strength of Biogen correctly in Alzheimer's. How about Bristol Myers coming through with the Yervoy Abdivo success uh, in their drug this morning? And by the way, Dr. Cafario said that on Mad Money, and people were like, oh, please. And I said, Bristol Myers at 47? Time. It's just time. stories around here. That, Vardis, obviously, also reported. I think the Vardis had a good quarter. I think the people are selling it for no reason. Drug application, yeah. Yeah, Look, Bristol is going to be, Bristol's going higher. You know what's really, David, they love, they love, they love, they love, they love AbbVie. And that combination with With Allergan, which you have said over and over again was undermanaged. But <laughs> that was quick. I like that. Like that. Uh, yeah, really, I did. Just putting words in my mouth. Yeah, of course. As though I've said it. A I say it times. here. It comes out there. Uh, guys, I did want to mention Howard Hughes Corporation uh, yeah. late yesterday. This is a company, if you recall, back on the 27th of June, I'd reported they confirmed that they announced a review of strategic alternatives to what they said at the time was maximized value, which there had been hope would be to sell the entire company. It didn't happen. Uh, yesterday, they announced Ooh. that uh, following a, that review, uh, they um, will execute what they call a transformation plan. They're going to have a new executive team. So their longtime CEO, David Weinberg, out. Uh, Grant Hurlitz also will step down as well. Um, about $2 billion of non-core assets will be sold. They're going to try to save about $50 million bucks a year in overhead expenses. And they failed uh, to sell. Um, Wow. They had hoped, wow. and Bill Ackman, wow. by the way, is wow. the chairman of this company, they, and a large shareholder, fairly large. They'd hoped uh, that Brookfield and Blackstone would be there at the time when they first announced, towards the end of June, this plan that they hoped would end with a sale. But it was too much for either one of them. There, apparently, nobody could find the right fund to put the asset in. It has an IRR that isn't as high as might have been desired, but it's got a fairly certain... Um, structure to it that would need to be long dated, but it simply proved to be too large an asset for any of the hope for potential buyers, and they couldn't sort of break it apart in a way that would have made any sense. I am told the South Tree Seaport, which they also own, yeah. uh, oh, which right. is great, by the way. Right, so we're taking a walk down. Great? Beautiful. Uh, but doesn't fit with this. It's got a lot of retail, which is not necessarily what they want. The Woodlands is their one of their biggest properties, this huge thing down in, uh, down in Houston. Uh, but uh, that's getting hit as a result. Now, there were many who believed exactly what would happen, did happen, would happen, and so had been betting against this company ever since they announced the strategic review. Jim, we haven't mentioned uh, Under Armour, of course. Uh, Kevin Plank stepping down January 1. Uh, Patrick Frisk, the COO, is going to take over as Plank goes to brand chief executive chair. Uh, good interview with Courtney this morning about how Wasn't we're going to turn great. around North America. Wasn't that great? Do we have a clip? Because there was so much good. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I learned from that, and Kevin, of course, very self-effacing, he has told us over and over again that Frisk is the man. Every time I've spoken with Kevin, he has said, oh, he has said look, what you, you should be really focusing on Frisk. I recently did an interview with Kevin. I only wanted Kevin to give you the behind the scenes of TV. I like I Frisk. I mean, you know, stop and, stop and Frisk was my thing. <laughs> It turns out that Frisk was the man. Uh, and look, I think that uh, Kevin's talking about it, and Frisk talking about an iconic brand. The company has not done that well. Remember what happened is, is that I've always felt that the Colossus awoke, that, that, uh, uh, that Mark Parker said, you know what, I've had enough of Under Armour. And look at, look at uh, Nike. I mean, it's amazing, up 30%. Um, I did want to come back to Biogen, guys, because the move in the stock is I mean, you're focused on that. Yeah, I am focused on it. All right. Because we're talking about a potential therapy to treat Alzheimer's. And as you said earlier, it would be by far the largest single drug ever. we've ever seen. Ever. More than you uh, were. You can see, of course, Biogen's market cap is responding to the news this morning that the company has talked to the FDA and plans to pursue regulatory approval for aducanumab. I don't want to say it again. No, you That's got what they're calling it. But it's an investigational treatment for early Alzheimer's disease. Right. Now, remember, back if you go back and take a look at March, 
you can see what happened to the stock when the results came in and it looked like a fail. Right. But they've gone back. They've gone back. They expanded. Um, they did some new analysis uh, on those phase three clinical studies that were discontinued back in March. And the new analysis of a larger data set included additional data that became available after the pre-specified analysis showed uh, that it is pharmacologically and clinically active as determined by dose-dependent effects. Apparently, they used a lot more of it in certain patients, I guess. Uh, and those patients experience benefits on activities of daily living, including conducting personal finances, performing household chores, doing the laundry, independently traveling out of the home. This is not just about treating Alzheimer's. This is about the aging demographic in this country. Think about a place like Japan where they're right. dealing with the enormous health care costs. If you actually could find a drug that would really treat Alzheimer's, you are talking about cutting health care costs. You're talking about just a meaningful change in so many different areas. Obviously, the main one being the impact on loved ones of, of treating for and caring for somebody who has Alzheimer's. You're it's early. But this is significant. Reversing brain plaque. Yes, the amyloid. Which there have been some debate about whether that's really where... Where it was. Right, whether that is really indicative of the disease itself, the beta amyloids, or whether it's simply something that shows but is not really at the the base of what's causing... And it's those everyday needs. The everyday needs that have been have stymied people. I, I know that in the Netherlands, they treat Alzheimer's very differently. They try to get them to do everything that you just listed and just do it by rote. Uh, this is a pill that would be, take care of nursing. The whole concept of senior living would change. Um, they are also, by the way, going to offer the drug to eligible patients that were previously enrolled in, in the phase three studies, because if it's working, why wouldn't you want to take it? Uh, they're going to, uh, they plan to file for the license for the drug in uh, early 2020. It's extraordinary. And they're going to continue, continue a dialogue as well with regulatory authorities and markets that include Europe and Japan. Again, all these aging populations the world over. One can only imagine what this drug could actually mean if it does well, work. I'm going to say. It does get approval. And if it does successfully retard the progression of the disease and or even roll it back. No, I'm going to say something nutty, but maybe 80 points is not enough. Maybe it deserves to be even more. You have the number one drug of all time, uh, potentially. Uh, Meg Terrell just talked to the CEO. Uh, has a little bit more on what is an important story this morning. Morning, Meg. Good morning, Carl. We'll talk about a reversal. Uh, JP Morgan just out with a note saying shocking, simply shocking. Aducanumab, this Alzheimer's drug from Biogen, is back. Now, I did talk with Michelle Venatsis, the CEO of Biogen, this morning. Um, there are already questions, of course, about, you know, is this the data driving this? Is this the FDA taking a different tack? And he said, this is the data. We are following the science here. Um, th- there was a futility analysis. Essentially, uh, they looked at these studies on an interim basis, uh, as companies always do, and try to figure out whether the drugs look like they'll work. Well, back in March, they said it looked like the drug wasn't going to work, and you saw the stock take a massive hit. Uh, on that news. Everybody basically thought this drug was dead. And even more than this drug itself, uh, the whole hypothesis that targeting amyloid beta plaques that build up in the brain was the right way to go after Alzheimer's disease. Um, So this morning I talked with him and the lead of their program um, who said the science drove this and it's extremely rare after a futility analysis suggests that the drug isn't going to work, that it actually will work. So the company, of course, saying they're going to file for approval in early 2020 after guidance from the FDA. Um, The CEO, Michelle Vinatz, is telling me they've dotted all the T's and crossed all the eyes with the regulator. And on the call this morning, uh, their head of R&D, Al Sandrock, telling analysts that um, the FDA did see the full uh, study analysis and gave them the feedback that based on essentially one positive clinical trial uh, in the late stages, phase three, uh, it does make sense to go ahead with that regulatory filing in early 2020. This would be the first Alzheimer's drug to actually affect the course of the disease, to potentially slow uh, the cognitive declines that you see here. So of course it would be a massive potential drug if it is approved. Uh, They are also, they said on the call, starting to have conversations in Europe uh, about filing for approval there as well. So it'll be a story to continue to watch. And one next huge catalyst for Biogen is going to come in December when they present the full results at an Alzheimer's meeting in San Diego. So uh, a lot more to follow here, but just check out that stock chart. JP Morgan calling this the FOMO of all trades, uh, the fear of missing out. Uh, It appears to be back, guys. Back over to you. 
Yeah, Meg, uh, we've been trying to explain how important this conceivably could be and appreciate your help in trying to do that. Meg Terrell will be uh, coming back to her, I have a feeling, throughout the day. Uh, let's move on now uh, to UPS. Uh, the shares were under pressure this morning. The company reported earnings as well. It was a beat on the uh, EPS line. Slight miss on revenue. Also announcing, by the way, the expansion of its drone delivery service, partnering with CVS, Amerisource Bergen, Kaiser Permanente to deliver healthcare products and prescriptions via drone. David Abney is the chairman and CEO. We always like to have you here at Post 9. Thanks for being with us, David. Glad to be here. Um, you've had a good deal of success in terms of capitalizing on the investment UPS has made over the last few years. This quarter, though, there seems to be at least a little bit of disappointment. Can you characterize the quarter for us and what you're seeing in the current moment as well as we head into, of course, the holiday season not far from now? All right. We had a very solid quarter uh, this time. Our positive operating leverage was at a very high level. We actually reduced our unit costs 2.5% in the domestic business. I can't remember the last time that we did that. So we have a lot of momentum going into the peak season. So we're encouraged by the results. David, I think that some people uh, are concerned about your concerns about the future and the economy because Candidly, this stock should not be down six in the quarter you just reported, which was a very strong quarter. Do you think that uh, perhaps you were just doing, saying what, what we all read in the papers, and there wasn't anything really revelatory about the future that you that was negative for UPS going forward? That's right. It's a, a dynamic environment that we're living in. There's no doubt about it, and uh, there are macro concerns. We also believe it's how we react to those concerns. Our international business had margins of almost 20% and still grew the top line. Would we like to see trade developments uh, go in a more positive direction? Well, we do think there's some rays of sunshine when you hear about the first level between China and the U.S., Brexit, there seems to be a path. So we believe there's opportunities there. Right. Uh you guys, UPS is one of the most consistent companies everyone knows. You're talking about 100-year-old, one of the great companies in America. So we've come to believe that when we see people from UPS uh, who are being groomed, that they're going to stay. There's an amazing man, Jim Barber, chief operating officer. He's leaving. And we always felt maybe he's going to be the heir to you. No, we all, nobody lives forever. Why did he leave? I mean, he's, he's pretty great. You know, Jim's a great guy, and he's been with the company 35 years. He started, as I did, at the very early level, and then he's just had good success as he's gone through. But, you know, that is the normal progression cycle that we have at UPS. People will normally spend their entire careers, and then uh, they'll retire, and, uh, and then there will be other people that will step in. We have a solid bench. We talk about succession. I've been the CEO for five years. We've talked about it for all five years. So it's a very active process, and uh, and we feel really good about the leadership team. You got a question on it uh, on the call about it. It's a little surprising about your succession plans. Are you surprised to get questions like that at this point? You know, when I've been the company for over 40 years, and uh, <laughs> and I'm 64 years old. There's always going to be questions, and my answer is that uh, that I'm having so much fun doing this, and I'm so involved that, uh, of course, we're going to have a succession process in place, but uh, people that just start guessing and, and estimating, we're just focused on taking care of our customers, doing the job we need, and, uh, and we've got a deep bench, so we're not worried about the bench. Next day air volume up 24 versus prior 30. Is that sequentially uh, normal or are people graduating down? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that they're graduating down. 30% was like a extreme high. To follow that up with 24, of course, people are trying to see where they can position inventory to where they can hit next day ground as much as they can, which is a fast growing part of our business. And, but next day air at 24%, second day at 17%, 
our results have really taken flight, so to speak, because our air business has really gone up. And you mentioned unit costs. How did you do that? How do you take two out of unit costs? You know, it didn't happen by luck, I'll tell you that. It was our strategies, it was our initiatives in transformation and our investments. We have invested in 400,000 in our additional capacity the last two years. So all those things combined, we have done exactly what we said we would do, and we'd bring the cost down. There are many situations, emergent situations, where we have cell phones. We know where people are. Uh, someone in our party gets uh, hit by a snake. Uh, otherwise, they might die. Drone? Yeah, the, the drone opportunity is just something we're really excited about. And, uh, and our flight forward uh, subsidiary has gotten off to a really good start. We've already done over 1,500 commercial flights, but the example you gave, Jim, is a good one. Take the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, WakeMed may have one snake bite venom for the entire city. It doesn't happen often. It's uh, very expensive, and it has an expiration date. With drone technology, being able to move that from one facility to the other could make all the difference in the world. It's those kind of opportunities multiplied by the thousands of times that make drones such an exciting strategy. I think um, that people don't understand. I mean, I, I'm involved with a medicine where literally, if it's if it gets warm for an hour, it goes bad, and it's a $250 a month medicine. Uh, I can't find a way to get it to make. Uh, and when I'm in a jam, I was in a jam in Mexico. I would love to think I could call my CVS and say, listen, here's where I am, check my G GPS, I'll pay anything. Because if I don't have the medicine, many things happen. Drones, you. Yes, wow. and that's why we're partnering and we announced with three different healthcare companies, large multinational companies, and really there's so much more to come here. You know, this is just at the very opening part of the potential of this initiative. And, and David, finally, as we head into the holiday season fairly soon, uh, what are your expectations in terms of volumes? What are your preparations in terms of additional employees that you obviously always move towards at this time of year? Yes, peak season will be here before we know it. No doubt about it. It's mid-October. Our volumes will, from an average daily today, they will go up over 50%. So if we're delivering over 20 million a day, it'll go up over 30 million. And, uh, but we are prepared and, uh, and we are ready. We're collaborating closely with our customers. We expect to have another solid peak season. David, always appreciate your joining us. Thank you. Thank you. David Abney, CEO of, uh, of UPS, Chairman and CEO, I should say. Yeah. Um, guys, did want to hit WeWork uh, briefly here because they were talking a lot about it, of course, on the, on the last hour of Squawk Box. It was yesterday around 3.45 that I reported SoftBank was going to take control. That has been confirmed by others reporting this morning. We haven't seen a press release as yet uh, from SoftBank, of course. It's a fairly complex deal. Uh, I'd reported it as being an equity infusion late yesterday uh, of some 4 to $5 billion. But then uh, I was hearing it was more just general funding. The journalist has different, journal has different stories in terms of the makeup of said funding. But the end result here will be, of course, uh, again, as uh, we did report uh, yesterday, uh, Adam Newman selling some shares, being able to repay, for example, that personal loan from J.P. Morgan, uh, as well reducing significantly his ownership stake in the company. And SoftBank having what will end up being as much as an 80 percent economic stake in WeWork. Marcella Claret coming in as its chairman, of course, the longtime uh, CEO of Sprint, who is a senior uh, member of the management team at SoftBank, to oversee it, put in potentially what would be new management to try to get this company, guys, to some level of profitability in the future while maintaining uh, what has been a torrid growth rate, but one that has been fueled by enormous amounts of capital. And they were running out of that capital, and that's why they need this uh, infusion of significant funding. Of course, from the SoftBank perspective, it has not been a good investment, to say the least. When you add it all up between debt and equity, they'll be at some 14, 15 billion at least in terms of money put in for a company that has a valuation pre the new money of $8 billion. Yeah, there's some missing for you. Pre. 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 It was seven and a half to eight billion was what I was saying yesterday's valuation pre. Yeah.
Uh, unwinding uh, voting structures like that is expensive. There's no doubt about that. Incredible story. Uh, the Dow would be about 120 points higher without travelers and McDonald's as it is. They are in the blue chips and we're down four points. Don't go away. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Jim, what's tonight besides Hasbro? Logitech, it's e-game, but uh, it's very important. E-sports is gigantic, and Logitech's at the heart of it. You need their uh, different apparatus in order to be able to win. So and Hasbro, we got to find out what that means. She's, she's down 20. Maybe that's a buy. Maybe it's a buy. Release the Bracken. Yes, but good job on the getting... Uh, Hans. Thank you. That was very Hans good. Hans and Kevin, yeah. What a great cat. You're That's very a, good at your job. a good hour. It's very good. We did a lot this hour. You. Yeah. You. When we come back, we'll discuss some retail and the consumer with Nordstrom co-CEO Eric Nordstrom. Dow's up 13. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.